it's time for How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Yosef Foundation. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of May. The year is 2018. Glad you can be along with us. Uh, across the way is the producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. Well, one, <laughs> I, I, one, you overblew the channel strip. Okay. By like two point five decibels. You can fix that in post. Right? I can. Okay, good. And two, I completely forgot you were gonna do that. So, thank you. I get. I'm getting a I would slow stand clap. Up. I would stand up, but, but yeah, just. I, that's fine. I I appreciate the slow clap as it is. So, but I'm doing great. Oh, I'm hi then. I'm, fine, I'm, great, I'm, hooray. I'm I'm I am busy as all hell. Uh, but, uh, as it, we all are this time of year. It's good to be here, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as always, you can contact the show via email, which is podcast at osafoundation.org, facebook.com slash osafoundation, or Twitter is at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Uh, love to hear from you. Hope you can uh, join in on the conversation, and uh, we'd love to um, read some of your comments and uh, get you involved as we uh, as we try and uh, keep the conversation going regarding all of these topics. If you'd like to advertise with us, please contact us as well so that we can set that up in addition, and uh, you can get your product out there. We've got a lot of stuff to get to today. Am I forgetting anything important before we jump right in? Uh... The sound of that in my headphones is hilarious. It sounds like an airplane. I'll, you know, yeah. I can, I can EQ that and make it sound really dark and oh. morbid. Good, because when I think of you, I think dark and morbid. Well, I am a Sith Lord. Uh, yeah, here I am a Jedi Master. So <laughs> that's why we we're the yin and yang. It's just like uh, the Odd Couple, exactly. <laughs> Except uh, I'm not sure which one is Felix and which one is Oscar. But we will go. I would assume Oscar. I would assume Oscar is the Sith Lord. No, I would actually think the opposite because Felix is so calculated and so you know. It seems like he's so calculated and precise, and you know everything has to have order. Everything has happened according to my plan. Right. So I feel like Felix would be the one who's a Sith, and Oscar's sort of like the more. Happy-go-lucky, you know, sort of nice guy in all this. So I don't know. He's like the uh, the Kanan Jarrus and the Ezra Bridger of the group, just just flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we've already lost half our listeners because we've deviated. We've lost half our listeners. I think seven or eight or, 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 seconds or, ago when or, I started the thing. All right. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Okay. Well, I mean, half of one is one half. So. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're still good. in good shape. I, well, you know what? It's worth it because it's Star Wars and we have to talk about it. That's so. right. All right, let's jump into it. We got a lot of stuff to get to. We got a lot of baseball stuff to get to uh, since it is baseball season. Oh, yeah. Um, let's start with some of the stuff that's happened recently since we spoke last regarding sportsmanship. I want to get to this one story real quick because... This is the fort. This Fortnite? In sport- this is this Fortnite in sportsmanship. Okay. Yes. Um, this is the only non-baseball story that I have, and it, it just appeared, I think, yesterday morning. And okay. there's, there's not a lot. Uh, there's a lot of ambiguity to it, which, which is why I wanted to lead with it. Okay. Um, to just kind of get it out of the way, but also make you think a little bit. So. Oh, I hate thinking. I know you can't. You don't like humaning. 
I don't like re- I don't like reading. I don't like thinking. When I have to, when I send Sean an email, I have to use the most simple words. No, wait, no, no, no. It's not about the words. It's about the you length. You just write. It's like you're writing a Bible. I each, well, with each email. Listen, listen. Every email should from me should be read by as an epistle, uh, <laughs> a reading from the letter of Saint Jack to the Sean Ryan's <laughs> brothers and sisters. Here's the po- the pre-production notes. And three and a half hours later, <laughs> yeah. I'm done. The word of the Lord. <laughs> uh, oh, we're, we're doing a podcast right, right now, I aren't forgot. we? Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, right. we're not out to lunch yet. No, not yet. Okay, so uh, Josh Allen, okay. who was just drafted uh, in the uh, NFL draft in the first round. He's okay. a quarterback from Wyoming. Um, on the day of the draft, uh, a story broke that... Uh, all of the tweets that he had sent when he was in high school, which were very much inappropriate. There were some some racially insensitive things. There was there's a lot. I mean, there there were just things from all over the spectrum that you would not expect a professional in the public eye to say. They all resurfaced. Now. The point that I'm trying to get here is not how, that. How long ago was this? Oh, this was this was probably at least four, if not more, years ago. That, okay, that this stuff happened. He was in high school then. Obviously, he's in college now. Okay, and now he's going to the NFL. Okay, now he had uh, those tweets deleted. I mean, the whole when you know, as he was approaching the public eye and whatnot, you know that you know they they have people who look at your social media and delete stuff and you know try and clean up your image, especially as you're trying to be drafted into the NFL and whatnot. Right. Well, day of the draft, those tweets resurfaced. Okay. Now, the point here is not that this guy said these things, which is horrendous. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to poo-poo that. Um, but it's more so that theories began to emerge that teams in the NFL were secretly leaking these things so that he would fall in the draft as teams would not want to take him because of the headache he could cause and then fall into the lap of another team who might be leaking this stuff. Now, this not, this has not been proven, but multiple reports have have theorized this, including coming from some NFL insiders who have very good reputations. So it's plausible. It's plausible. It's not it's not definite, but you know Wow. There was the I, I forget who said this, but um there was some NFL player who who said, I don't fault the kid because if you gave me a social media platform when I was in high school I would have said a lot of stupid things too, you know. So the, yeah, that's not the issue, right? I mean, I, I mean, I mean, but I think all it's, said it's important. Things. It's, exactly, it's important to preface it with that because I feel like there, it's it would be very easy for someone to jump on it and say, well, he shouldn't have said those things in the first place. And in a vacuum, that's true. You know, you shouldn't right. be saying those things. But let's put this in context here, okay? But he probably didn't foresee himself being where he is now. Well, that not only that, I mean, how could he do that when he was in high school? You know, these right. these these you know teenagers. Don't think properly. You right. know, they don't they don't think before they speak. Most men don't do that. Okay. <laughs> so so we just have this this inane ability to screw things up that way. Uh, but the point being that 
it's not that the kid said it because the kid has shown remorse for it. Okay, right. and he came out and he said, I, I, I shouldn't have said this stuff, etc. It's specifically overshadowed by the fact that now there's plausibility to the idea that teams may have leaked this stuff so that he would fall in the draft. What, now, why would they... I mean, would they, would they want him to fall in the draft so that just to screw around with well, the, I think, the order of pre- I mean, preference. I mean, I mean, I mean it would, to me, it would be something along the lines of, let's say a team has like a, a pick. Let's say the team projects this guy to, to go within the top five picks. Okay. Okay. Let's just, I'm, I'm, I'm just pulling numbers out of the air as opposed to what actually happened in the draft. Um, and a team, maybe a team has like a pick between picks six and 10. Okay. If it maybe a team that te- the team in that lower range says if I leak this stuff, the chances of this guy not then being picked by the first five teams diminishes because they see this guy as a headache, and now the probability of me this team between picks six and ten being able to draft him when we really want him becomes uh, increasingly higher, and maybe oh. we have the ability then to put out this fire and and handle this. You know, so basically you're robbing Peter to pay Paul a certain way. You're you're starting a fire and then putting the fire out to gain from it. It's almost like it's almost like insurance fraud to a certain degree. Yeah, I was know? gonna say something like that. That's but, interesting. Yeah, that's so so I just wanted to, to start with that. To that's sh- pretty insidious. Is, it, I, it's something that Darth Sidious might oh. do. Felix, if you will. So everything has happened according to my plan. <laughs> Something, 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 <laughs> dark side. Something, something, something complete. <laughs> All right, we've got that off our chest. So anyway, wow. that's that's okay. the first thing that I wanted to mention. Um, we have uh, a couple of other things here. A lot of things dealing with the Yankees, actually. Okay. Um, let's start on a good note. The Yankees sent out an important anti-bullying message oh yeah i saw that so so a woman named jen slater uh posted uh something to facebook about her daughter cassidy okay uh, and and cassidy was being bullied at her middle school Mm. um and uh they live in scranton pennsylvania which is where the yankees have their triple a affiliate right and so so this this stuff caught the attention of the yankees and the yankees then posted this video uh, like this anti-bullying video that they all got involved in, and it was just really, it was it was amazing to That's see. That's the one where they were holding their the signs, the signs in the dugout. Up. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Nobody ever said anything, but they were all holding That's good. signs up that just said, you know, bullying is wrong, and you're always welcome to be part of our family. And right. Blah 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 blah. You know. So That's good. I thought that was an incredibly classy move and an important move, and I wish that that I mean. I, I, I've seen other teams do similar things for other related matters. So this is just a, 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 a tip of the cap to the Yankees for doing this specifically. Um, you know, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I, I seem to remember. I feel like the Cubs did something once with a kid who was either getting bullied or, yeah, I think it was Anthony Rizzo, you know, then invited the kid who was being bullied to to Wrigley Field to watch a Cubs game. So there's a lot of there's a lot of goodwill going on. With that kind of stuff, that's great. So that was that was an incredibly important thing. Um, let's switch to a uh, a bad thing, mm. and then we'll come back to a good thing. Okay. I, I wouldn't actually say that this is a bad thing. This is more of a of of the Yankees taking a bad thing and turning it into a good thing. 
Okay. Okay. So we're going to get to this later in the show. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of the brawls that have been in uh, occurring in baseball. And there was the one between the Red Sox and the Yankees. So mm-hmm. the, the Red Sox and their AAA affiliate, the Pawtucket Red Sox, decided to hold or they're holding a, uh, a promotional night called Evil Empire Night. Okay, where exactly where and the and the, the 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 graphic for it was a giant Death Star with the, the NY insignia on it. You know, <laughs> I I think that's kind of I, yeah. I kind of like that. You actually. just like graphics. You like pictures. Yeah, if they pop up, that's even better for you, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like that. See, that makes it easier to read. Exactly. Yeah. Everything has happened according to my plan. There's no reading. Um. <laughs> so anyway, Evil Empire Night. Uh, includes uh, the following items. Uh, if your name is Joe or Kelly, which is the name of the Red Sox pitcher involved in that brawl, Joe Kelly, uh, and you can prove it, you get into the stadium for free that night. And if your name is Tyler or Austin, the Yankee player involved in that fight, you are banned from the premises. Wait. What? Yeah. That's their, that's their promotion. Okay. Yeah. Well, hold on. Wait a minute. So, can they legally do that? I think. I mean, what you can lie, right? Of if, course, exactly. They're not. I think. I think you're gonna. You're gonna see more of people bringing their licenses up and say, "My name is Joseph" or "My name is Kelly." You know, rather than as saying, opposed to saying, "Hi, my name is Tyler." Tyler can I leave can now? I leave now? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Can I leave now? I think, I think the interesting thing about this is, you know, all right, you're going to refer to a team as the Evil Empire. Fine. I mean, it's all in good. I mean, it's a joke. It, it's that's a joke, right? Um, but to ban someone because their the, name is Tyler or or, or Austin, Austin, yeah, be, and have that. Be, be the the impetus because of a fight or the 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 impetus of this whole thing is the fight right you're you're saying that you're 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 benefiting from that you are promoting bad sportsmanship right you are promoting the fight you are promoting the rivalry you yeah. are promoting this bad blood right uh and encouraging uh some just the the hatred to to remain well remember now rivalry has oh god i almost did a trump thing um <laughs> ri- everything has happened according to my god plan. damn it <laughs> <laughs> i but i've i've i think that the word rivalry there's a context to it because you can have a friendly competition with someone and you can rip on someone yep. in a friendly way. Yep. Um, like my girlfriend is a Red Sox fan. As is mine. And, and you know, we, we ripped on each other a couple times. And, you know, that's all well and good. But when you start introducing physical violence and hate speech into mm-hmm. it and things like this, like a promotion that, that advocates uh, physical violence... That is the wrong kind of rivalry. Right. That's a rivalry where people get hurt and you're sort of institutionalizing 
and making it okay for things to continue like right. this, which is not cool. Yeah, right. Um, so there is a let's preface this with saying that there is a good there's a there's such thing as a a healthy rivalry right. in yeah. a way. So yeah, this is just not it. Not it. Now no. the 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 quantum of solace, if you will, is that the Yankees AAA team, the mm. Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders, mm-hmm. decided to respond to this with a good promotion. Good. Okay. okay. This promotion is actually happening on May 4th, which, as we all know, is Star Wars night, because right. May the 4th be with you. Yep. Um, the, the, the Rail Riders have decided to show support for Tyler Austin, because Tyler Austin is a survivor of testicular cancer. Hmm. and uh, diagnosed at the age of 17, now cancer-free, etc. April is known as Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Um, So basically what's going to happen is uh, they're going to, the Rail Riders are going to host a bunch of different uh, promotions where uh, things that are purchased, uh, proceeds will be donated to this charity that Austin is promoting about it. Um, There's going to be raffles of autographed baseballs, and then there's going to be one grand prize where the winner gets four tickets to a Yankees game and a chance to, to meet Austin. Mm. Um, and basically, um, I think, oh, here's the other thing, too. Uh, the Rail Riders will donate 26% of all walk-up ticket sales to the fundraiser because 26 is the number that Tyler Austin wears with the Yankees. Okay, I was going to say okay? that, yeah. So uh, basically, they're, you know, they, they, they took this opportunity to say... We'll, we'll take the high road here, and instead of uh, doing this this whole thing that the the Pawtucket Red Sox are doing, we're gonna we're gonna make this a good thing. We're gonna we're gonna say, okay, you know what? We're gonna try and promote something out of this, right. you know. Which really, if you think about it, there's nothing has nothing specifically to do with the fight, but because the Red Sox did the Evil Empire night. You know, mm-hmm. the Star Wars theme night, the Yankees said, oh, yeah, well, we're going to do this also on Star Wars night in this way. Right. You know, so. A, you think they're going to rescind that, the Red Sox? Which one? The the banning people from the site? Yeah. And that? No, I don't. Because, because like you said, people are not going to be able to prove that their names are Tyler or Austin. No, just, know? I mean, just for image sake. I don't, see, I don't think they will. Because I think, and I'm not trying to say this as a Yankee fan who's trying to hate on the Red Sox. I get the sense that uh, these promotional things have a have a deeper meaning because they bring eyeballs and they bring in dollars. And you know, there's there's a there's a business value to it outside of a moral value to it. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, if the if the bottom line is increased as a result of this stuff, they're going to continue to do it no matter how immoral it may be. With the exception of going too far, like you know, you know, killing puppies. I don't know. You know the the, the whatever. That's the awful. I know. I'm I'm not promoting it. <laughs> I know. I know. Just but saying, just saying you know. it, it's awful. Right. So, um, tw- and the, you said the 26 percent was because of Tyler Austin's number. Tyler Austin's number. Yeah. Now it would kind of suck if he had a low number. Oh God! If he was number two, <laughs> right? You know, two percent. Two percent. Wow. Or if he had a high number, 99. If he was Aaron Judge. Yeah. yeah 99% of it will be donated. Yeah. We're not making anything <laughs> off of this. Anyway, so moving on. All right. This is Here's a story that I found incredibly nice. Um, this is like 100% nice? Yes. Okay. Or I, let's, say, let's say it's 80% nice. Okay. Okay. So 
Giancarlo Stanton has been getting off to a rough start with the Yankees. Okay. Okay. Yep. A lot of fans are mm-hmm. booing him at mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium because let's face it, when you're paid this amount of money and you're brought in here as this like hired gun, they expect you to produce the right Bronx away. cheer. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there's this one guy. His name is Keith. He goes by KP Watershed on social media. Okay. Okay. So he is his goal this year is to go to all 81 home games in the Bronx. And he wears this neon shirt uh, behind the third base dugout uh, every every game and has usually has like the the, the judge wig on because he's a big Aaron Judge fan. And he has a sign that says, all rise every time mm-hmm. that, you know, judge hits a home run and whatnot. So he would he would start to put different messages on these neon shirts. So he decided to iron onto his shirt a sign that says, don't boo Stanton. Uh and it was prominently displayed, you know, when Judge was up because everyone's looking at him for the Aaron Judge stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he went on record after being interviewed, said the boosts for Stanton this week have been getting progressively louder during the Orioles series last week during the awful 12 inning loss. Uh, I got in a shouting match with this guy who was booing Stanton. Uh, then for the two Marlins games, there were more boos, even louder. Uh, so that's when he decided to put the don't boo Stanton on the shirt. And he said, it's so ridiculous to boost Stanton at home in April. He got off to a brutal start, but it was his New York debut in brutally cold weather, and we've seen this before a dozen times with A-Rod, Jason Giambi, and so many others. Baseball is a game of adjustments, and he just needs some time to adjust. I mean, let's face it. Booing somebody is not going to help them. Right, you know? and you're at home. Right, you're trying to... <laughs> I mean, to, this is... Listen, it's not like the, it's not like the guy struck out five times in a game and then in the, to the media afterwards was saying, you know... It doesn't matter. I got paid, you know, something ridiculous yeah. like that. You know, he's he was he's been very very uh, jovial and um, lighthearted with the media when he's not doing well. He goes, "Yeah, I'd boo me too," you know, that kind of stuff. Like right? He, he's he's human. He realizes what's going on. Yeah. So just because, and this goes to another point that I'm sure we've talked about before, just because you've paid your ticket does not mean that that gives you the right to boo. Mm-hmm. You know, you may think it gives you the right to boo, and no one's going to stop you. You're not doing anything illegal. But put your put yourself in this in the in the other person's shoes. Would you like that if you were terrible or not doing your job? No. <laughs> you know, I saw a tweet. Uh, I think it was yesterday, actually, that said something along the lines. And let me actually let me see if I can find it because I know I retweeted it. This is me using the technology. And what do you mean try again with the the fingerprint identification? Sorry, I'm just being me here. That's fine. Okay. Here it is. Good. It's right here. This came from a guy named Greg Raymer, who I believe uh, is British based upon what I'm seeing in this tweet. But he tells this story. Two fathers are watching a kid's game. First one says to the other, which one is your son? The second one says, why? The first one said, I wanted to tell him how rubbish he is. The second one says, you can't say that. He's only a kid. How would you like it if I said that to your son? The first one said, you've done so all game. The second one goes, why? Who's your son? And the first one, the referee. Oh. So think before you speak. Wow. So I found that, I found that to be quite amusing. Huh. You know? But that's the, same, that's, the, that's the same thing is that, you know, booing people does not actually give, you know, give people the support that they need to, you know, to do their job well. Right. I know firsthand as as an official 
that the more you criticize, the more you complain, the more you act inappropriately, the worse my job gets. Yeah. You're not telling me, you know, you're tell by you telling me to do a better job the way that you're telling me, you're forcing me to, you know, to to go the other way. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're making it harder for me because I start thinking, did I miss that one? Did I screw that call up? And then you start second guessing yourself and you start questioning yourself and it's not healthy. Right. You know, you need, what you need is you need support from people. Look, if you're, if you, if you're a coach and you're concerned and you want to come and tell a guy, you know, an official, I don't like your calls. You know, you say, look, just because I don't agree with your calls doesn't mean I don't think you're doing an okay job. Keep it up. Keep it up. We'll get going. Come on. You know, yeah. work together with the official and you'll get more. Yeah. How many catchers say that to home plate umpires? Let's work together. We're going to get some strikes called. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Right. You know? So Or just asking, like, what did you think of that one? Yeah. You know, just, just to get an idea of where their zone is. Right. You know, right. It, it they I think umpires would appreciate that line of communication more. You know, just, just you know this you know, the, the importance of communication can't be understated. Right. You know, it's always good to set up that pipeline in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you if you wanted to say, if you weren't happy with a call, instead of just arguing about it right up right from the get go, ask, is that where it's going to be? Is that yeah. where, you know, is that where your strike zone is going to be? Right. Tonight? Right. Rather than, you know, digging into them in the beginning. Exactly. That exactly. doesn't accomplish anything. I had a, I had a game earlier this season where uh, I think it was a scrimmage where uh, I was seeing pitches for the first time and there were some borderline calls early in the game. And, you know, you hear, you hear a little groan every now and then from a, from a coach, you know, if the pitch was inside and you call it a ball, but it didn't look to be inside. Mm -hmm. So the catcher looks over at the coach and goes, no, that was inside, you know, and basically like vouches for me. Wow. You know, and, and when you do that, you gain favor, you know, now you say, I, now I say, okay, I can trust this guy. You know, this guy gets it. He's going to work with me. Now I'm more apt to do a better job because I want to work with this kid. You know, it's That's not rocket good. science. It's teamwork. Exactly. You don't think of teamwork as working with an official, but it is. Right. It's the case. It's how it works. So, okay, let's move on to some of the other things here in towards the end of this fortnight in sportsmanship. You know, when we recorded the the last episode, <clears throat> it was a Wednesday. Okay. Um, and it was... Was it? It was. Okay. I believe it was a Wednesday. Yeah. It was. Okay. And uh, we were just hours from two huge fights in baseball. So let's go over them real quick. Sure. First, we had a fight in Colorado between the Rockies and the San Diego Padres, where uh, Brian Gorman, the home plate umpire, had to eject uh, five people. For, for fighting. Wow. Um, apparently what had happened was... Is this, well, is this part of your segment, the new segment you were talking uh, about? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, 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 the segment DQ review. Yeah, I like yeah. that. <laughs> oh, you know. So so what happened here was the... Uh, the I think it was the, the Rockies felt that they were... That uh, the Padres were throwing at them a lot that game. They couldn't control and whatnot. Right. So... So there was a lot of retaliation going on and whatnot. And so the next thing you know, um, the uh, a pitch goes behind the head of uh, Nolan Arenado, and he charges the mound. So there was there were some suspensions and, and whatnot, but 
It was uh, it was nothing short of ridiculous. Uh, and then not to go off on a tangent. No, go ahead. So, what is your? You know, I, I, I maybe I maybe I know I'm asking asking a question I already know the answer to. But right. what is your opinion on retaliation and in terms of you know how do you handle it from a team teammate? teammates perspective i this is what i preach to my teams the best way to get retaliation is to get the victory if you feel like in baseball kids getting thrown at intentionally okay it's pretty weak in my opinion to then say you're going to hit one of my guys i'm going to hit one of your guys that's pretty weak you know what the best thing to do is go out there and win the game because that's who that's who has the last laugh Mm-hmm. Okay, is the one who walks away with the victory. Yeah. Um. There's there's no need for this, the 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 mainly testosterone to play a role here and have it quote unquote police itself. Right. Like when when I read articles that say that you know they were you know this team was upset that they you know their guy got injured so you know they decided to throw at the next guy and you know it just hit him right in the in the rear end and the guy knew it so he just dropped his bat and went to first base and that was the end of it I'm like no 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 that's not the end of it the 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 end of it is that you still allow and accept this to happen and if i'm the one getting thrown at because of quote unquote retaliation i'm not charging the mound Okay, so if I'm in Major League Baseball and this is happening, I'm not charging the mound. After the game, I'm saying to the media, through the media, I say, I think it's pretty weak that this is what we're still doing as human beings. This is, this is ridiculous. Um, you know, at no point uh, you know, are we trying to intentionally do this to anybody. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, if you want to get retaliation, get the W. That's the way to do right. it, not this way. And a lot of times, you know, it can be misconstrued. Yeah. Like it can be, like you said, unintentional. Right. And oftentimes retaliations when they are executed are against the wrong person right. or someone completely that right. doesn't have anything to do with what happened initially. It'll be something like you hit my first baseman. I'm going to hit your first baseman. Right. Or you hit my best player. I'm going to hit your best player. I mean, this is, it's, it's it's completely ludicrous. It doesn't right. make any sense. I mean, I understand how they make the the connections, but it's still shallow and very um, unrefined, right. uncivilized. It's something that cavemen would do. Mm-hmm. It's something that babies would do. Yeah. It's something that you know I would see that happen in a kindergarten classroom, mm-hmm. and that's why when I see it in Major League Baseball, I look at these guys and I go. You know what? As much as I wanted to be one of you guys growing up and as much as playing professional baseball was my dream, to a certain degree, I'm glad I'm not there because you people are way too immature for me. Not all of them, but a large majority of them are. A large majority of them are. The first person who comes to mind um, who's not like that uh, is Derek Jeter. I agree. Because he would always be the one to try to calm things down and stop. I never once... Remember him? I can't ever. I can't remember him ever getting into a, a fight. He's 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 always been the peacemaker. Anytime there was a brawl, he's always the one separating people. Right. You know, Aaron Judge is the same way. 
Uh, because, for example, during the next brawl that we're about to talk about between the Yankees and the Red Sox, mm-hmm. there is obviously video evidence of uh, Judge getting in there and pulling people away. Uh, in fact, Judge and Stanton both doing that, and they're so strong. If you watch the video, the the pile, this this scrum, actually was moving towards the Red Sox dugout because of the brute strength of Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Wow. They were physically moving people that way. It was it was funny to watch in, you know outside wow. of that to be like, "Oh my god, these guys are doing that?" Wow. So, to talk about the other one with the uh with the Yankees and Red Sox that we alluded to, what happened in this game was there was a a, a slide into second base mm-hmm. where Tyler Austin went in questionably hard, questionably dirty illegal however you want to put it his spikes, his up spikes and were slightly up okay okay um i'm not going to go as far as to say they were all the way up because i've seen what all the way up is okay you may remember uh from years ago i'm talking like 2008 so this might be like 10 years ago or so okay. um in spring training between the yankees and the rays i believe it was mm-hmm. um there was a, a collision at the plate with Francisco Cervelli, the catcher, and he broke his wrist. I remember that. Okay. So the next time the Yankees and the Rays met, Shelly Duncan hit a double. Yep. And he slid into second base with his spikes going into the crotch of the infielder. Oh. Okay. That's spikes up. That is high. That yeah. is intent. Right. That's not even close. Right. Okay. Um, he can get seriously cut from yes. that. Yes. No, and- that's bad. That's bad. So so what Austin did was his spikes were not on the ground, but they weren't in a place where I'm looking at it going... Like knee-high, maybe? No, I would say not even knee-high. Like I would say calf-high. Calf-high, okay. okay. Now, side note. The Red Sox are overly sensitive to this because the same thing happened last year between them and the Orioles. You may remember that Dustin Pedroia was injured by, I believe it was Manny Machado, where in a play at second base, Machado went in legally and accidentally spiked Dustin Pedroia, and he missed about two weeks recovering from an injury as a result of it. Wow. Okay? Now, the reason that that happened was it was a, it was a tailor-made double play ball. Xander Bogarts, the shortstop, bobbled it, and it turned into just a fielder's choice. Okay? The way that Pedroia received the throw at second base was such that he was he he was he didn't look like a first baseman. Okay, a first baseman as soon as he gets the throw and has the ball in the mitt and the foot on the bag, he gets out of there because he knows there could be a collision. Right. Well, Pedroia stayed on the bag, kind of like a middle infielder would. Like he was kind of in between. Not sure. Am I going to try and make this throw to second? You know, or am I or, hmm. or from second to first? Or am I going to just take the force play here? It's a, it was awkward. There was no intent. It was awkward. Machado's slide was completely legal, and it caught Pedroia. Well, this started a whole thing where then the Red Sox decided to start throwing at the Orioles two days later, mind you, and not at the behest of Dustin Pedroia, who was the team leader. Okay, you there was there was video evidence of Pedroia talking to Machado from the dugout, saying, "That's not me. I didn't say to do that. That is them. I never said to do that." Okay, and it just got really bad. And there was a whole kerfuffle, kerfuffle, if you will, mm-hmm. um, 
because of that. So the Red Sox are already incredibly sensitive to this. So Austin goes in in a debatable slide, which was legal, and I didn't, I didn't think it was dirty. Um, it fit every rule of the bona fide slide rule that was instituted after what happened in the playoffs a couple of years ago with Ruben Tejada and Chase Utley, where okay. the, the kid broke his leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brock Holt, the, the middle infielder who, who almost got spiked, started to take exception with it. And there, you know, the bench is cleared, but no punches were thrown. So the next time, sometime later, when, uh, when Austin was up to bat again, Joe Kelly's on the mound. He brushes him inside, misses him. They think, okay, it's over now. He sent his message. Two pitches later, he hits him. So now the fight's on. And Joe Kelly, mind you, throws the glove down and starts beckoning him. Like, let's go. Like, with the hands. Like, come on, you want to go? <sighs> so, it got bad. Was this hockey? Exactly. It was, I mean, it just it was so, so stupid. Um, thankfully, both players who were... Talk about the butterfly effect. Yeah. One little thing... Exactly. ...explodes. Uh, Joe Kelly and Tyler Austin both appealed their suspensions. Joe Kelly was suspended for six games and Tyler Austin for five. Joe Kelly's appeal was denied. He's serving six games. Tyler Austin had his suspension reduced by a game, so he will serve, he served a four-game suspension, which I feel is, I kind of feel is fair because if you look at it, you know, a relief pitcher doesn't play every day. Right. You know, Tyler Austin probably does for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I just found it to be incredibly ridiculous that this whole thing became what it is. And to go along with that, you know, we talked about this before. The amount of ejections that have occurred in baseball to this point has been significantly high. Like if you go back and you look at the first week of baseball, I think we had seven ejections in the first week, hmm. roughly one a day. We wow. had an ejection a day for the first four days of the season. We couldn't get a full day's worth of baseball in without an ejection. Hmm. It, it's been really, really bad. And so what I did was, in researching this, I, uh, I reached out to Gil Imber. Gil is the organist for the Anaheim Ducks, the hockey mm. team, and he also runs uh, Close Call Sports and the Umpire Ejection Fantasy League. So, <laughs> yeah. Really? Wow. So I asked him for some statistics on this, and this is what I got from him. So I wanted to give this plug to Gil. Um, he said uh, last year, the first uh, bench clearer, uh, the fighting ejection was on April 22nd, um, the 12th ejection overall. Uh, and then uh, the next one was on May 19th, which was ejections 38 through 40. Uh, this year, those corresponding dates are April 11th for ejections 12 through 16 and April 11th, 17 through 20, the two that we just wow Okay. So we couldn't get through a month of the baseball season. Well, we didn't we we didn't get through a month last year, but we got through even less this year without the fights. Wow. Um in 2016, the first fight wasn't until May 15th and then the second was on June 7th. In 2015, it was April 23rd and then the next fight wasn't until August 2nd. And in 2014, April 20th and May 25th. So we're way ahead of schedule this year due to fighting with the with the amount of ejections. Um, you take the fighting ejections out of the equation. We have 15 ejections, which would be about in line with where we were in 2016 when we include when the season finished with 190 ejections, including mm-hmm. fighting. 
Um, if the fights keep up, we should still get to about 200 this year. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous what we what we're doing right now with ejections. Wow. Um, it, speaking of ejections, this one came across my desk. Um, there was uh, a featured minor league ejection uh, in the Class A South Atlantic League, where uh, umpire Anthony Warner ejected West Virginia manager Wyatt uh, Torrigas, who unleashed a profanity-filled tirade uh, following a strike three call. This was, I think, in the first inning of a doubleheader. This guy got tossed from third base, I and mean, if you watch the video, all of the <laughs> come on, yeah, all of the all of the you've got so much to go. Yeah. Why would you Why would you unleash it all now? Apparently, <laughs> apparently, like... this guy took umbrage at the strike zone uh, in the first two batters of the game. So the first two batters were both called out on strikes, and the third base coach, who was the manager, started chirping and was immediately tossed. Um, and then when he when then he said you tossed me for no reason. And what minor league team was this? This was the West Virginia Power, mm. who is the. Let me see if that's. Uh, I can find the affiliation here. I don't have it here, so I'll try and find it later. But um, yeah, it was. It there there were there were things like. Uh, you know, he was saying things like make up your mind where the effing zone is. Uh, I don't give a blank, uh, regarding why you tossed me from the game. You know, just, it was, it was just really bad. This video, it was, it was not good. That's so, so dumb. We've, uh, that's, that's, uh, the DQ review. Wow. In a, in a nutshell, shall we say? Um, and, and my thanks to Gil Imber for all that information. Wow. Um, it's, it's not good. No. It's not good. Um, Alarming. Yeah. So that's this fortnight in sportsmanship. But along the same lines, what I'd like to talk about today uh, is uh, dealing with obnoxious fans, especially okay. as an official. Or a fourth group of exactly what sportsmanship affects. Right. Um, or third group. Yeah, you could say the fourth group if you want. Well, I thought players. the fourth group, it, player, it was players. players Coaches, fans, fans, officials. And then you added in media. Yep. So, okay. You're right. So, you know, the, the idea of dealing with obnoxious fans when you're an official is an interesting one. Um, you know, you, 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 get, you, you get people, no matter what, who are going to be upset with you. You're going into a game and you have to officiate and you know you're not favoring one team over the other, but your calls will determine help determine a winner of yeah, a game. It's so unavoidable, one, exactly. Um. So so the question was asked recently on Twitter, uh, you know, like what kind of a what what were some of the, your worst interactions with fans regarding regarding being an official? And I was listening to some of these stories and whatnot, and. Um, they were they were pretty ridiculous. Um, mm. I've had I've had a lot of unfortunate interactions with fans as well. Um, it's been it's 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 been a, a rough ride with with that. Mm. Um, you know, there's this article from Referee.com talking about it. Um, you know, and they you know they they're like trying to instruct officials how to go about it. You know, they say the best way to go about it is go to the the game manager, the athletic director, the administrator, whoever takes the the title for that event, and ask. 
that person to make sure that that fan is escorted from from the arena or the stadium. Right. You know. Well, depending on how bad it gets. Right. Especially when it's a scholastic game. Yeah. You know, if it's a rec game, you just toss the fan. You mm-hmm. just say, "Get out of here." You know. Um, but uh, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to do because you're the one with the power as the official, but you have to then bring in a lot of additional people to 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 make that work. Let me give you an example because this happened to me recently. So I'm doing a game, a middle school game, okay? And this one pitcher from a middle school hit I think four batters from the other team over the course of about five innings. Mm. Now mind you, it's middle school. Okay? Mm. So I think it's fair to say that boys between the ages of 11 and 14 may not have the best control over their pitches, okay? You're not going to be... Oh, over their pitches. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You sicko. I know. (laughs) But, you know, they're they're not going to be able to dot the inside corner, if you know what I'm saying, okay? So this kid hits this batter... Nothing happens. Another inning goes by, kid hits another batter. And a parent from the visiting stands yells out, that's two. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Another inning goes by. Another inning goes by, hits a third guy. That's three. You hit three of them. So now as the base umpire, I'm thinking, all right, I got to prevent this. So I go over to the head coach. Of the of the home team, mm-hmm. who happens to also be the athletic director at this middle school, okay. And I pull him in, and I pull in one of the administrators who's there as well, and I say, "Okay, look, here's the deal. This guy could potentially be a problem, according to what I'm allowed to do within the state regulations. I'm going to have to ask you to handle this because I'm not allowed to do anything. So." Unfortunately, it's up to the athletic director or the site administrator to escort this person off the field. I will support you. I will make sure that the game does not get played until it gets stopped, etc. But regulations are that you have to handle this, which is kind of a weird thing when you think about it because it mm. kind of it almost emasculates you as an official, right? You know. Um, but on the other hand, it could alleviate any potential collateral damage not to mention it also takes uh, liability away from you so god right. forbid something happens you know you're not so that's probably maybe that's right. the reason why exactly you're not you're not going to all of a sudden be on the stand for something right. you know sure enough kid gets hit again or another kid gets hit that's four how much longer is this ridiculousness going to go on mm-hmm. so now the coach comes out and yells across the field hey you yeah you in the purple shirt this is middle school baseball the kids don't have the best control. Knock it off or leave. Wow. Are we done? Are we done? Yeah. No, there's no talking back. We're done here. Wow. Yeah. Sure enough, he kept his mouth shut. Good. The rest of the game. Good. I was, but I, I was, I couldn't believe it. You know, I've had, I've had, you know, I, you just, you look at these fans sometimes and you wonder like, what is going through your mind? Right. When this stuff happens, I remember joining in that conversation on Twitter and I said, I had a fan once who was yelling. He was, I, I couldn't tell if he was drunk or not. He was yelling from uh, like the outfield fence mm-hmm. and 
he started he, he was getting pretty pretty rambunctious mm-hmm. and then he started yelling i think at us the officials and my partner who was behind the plate sent him i think he was the one who sent him to the outfield he was in the stands and he said you you go to the outfield and watch because i don't want you around there. <laughs> so then it gets worse from the outfield so now i toss him wow i say you go to your car you're gone he says i'll be waiting for you in the parking lot what? Yep. So I... That's st- a threat. Yeah, I stopped the game. I went into the home coach and I said, call the police. This game does not continue until the police are here. Wow. Yeah. I said, this is this is ridiculous. This this does not happen. That is, a, that is a direct threat and I will not stand for that. So what happened? The, the police showed up? Yeah. I think the police came and just kind of like canvassed the area and this guy was nowhere to be found anymore. Okay. So I felt a little bit better about that. Okay. I had another situation where... Um, I had to eject a kid for malicious contact in like the, the first inning of a game. Mm-hmm. Kid trucks the catcher, just like completely knocks him over. Wow. No reason to. So I eject him. On his way to home? or Yeah, on his way to home. Okay. So I eject him. And uh, and how old was how old? This kid was like 22. Oh. Okay. Yeah. He, he knows better. He knows better. Um, so... Uh, now the teams are, are, are is getting upset that I tossed the kid for that. And I say, there's no, that's malicious contact. My hands are tied. He cannot do that. He's gone. So now the, the other team wants to fight this team because of the malicious contact. So I'm just saying, I'm trying to separate the fight. And now the kid who I've tossed refuses to leave. Says, I'm not going anywhere. So I said, okay, game's over. And I terminate the game in the first inning. And I walk off the field with my partner. Now the fans are looking at us like, how dare you do that? I'm like, it's not my fault. Kids are not responsible. These aren't even kids. These are, you know, 19 to 23 year olds. Right. You know, so this isn't on me. So we go back to the car. We start undressing. And now kids, the kids who were, the kid who was tossed and some of his other kids come up and and with like parents, like begging us to come back. I'll leave. I'll leave. I won't. I won't. I'm sorry. I already terminated the game. I am not legally allowed to restart this game. So now they start getting belligerent and we got to call the police again. Now, the only caveat to that, the police refused to show up. They had better things to do. So where was this? This was in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. And there the jurisdiction is the Philadelphia police. And the Philadelphia police refused to show up. They had they had other crimes they had to tend to. So what what did you do? You just left? I just left. They said this is ridiculous. Wow. I'm not I'm not putting myself in danger over a penance of a of a game fee. Wow. Yeah. Now didn't you, I mean, what's, do you still get paid for that? Yes. Okay. Yes. The league actually did the right thing there. What they ended up doing was the team of the guy who was ejected, they forced that team to forfeit that game. And that was a playoff game. So they were out of the playoffs as, as a result of that. All so because of that. Because, so because that one kid refused to leave, he cost his team the playoffs. I think once everything washes down, you know, boils down. A lot of more people will be pissed off at the kid. Yeah, you know, for for doing yeah. that. 
But we all know that there are a lot of people who don't see it that way, who look at it and well, say this is the official. What sport. I'm saying is that at first they were all, you know, looking at you, right, right. But I think after you know they you know see how things look at the light, you know, in the light of day, you right. know, the next day, then they're like, oh, I guess we screwed up. I would hope so. I would, I, I, so. I would imagine that's yeah. the case. Let's, if you believe in the goodness of humanity, then yes, that's the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to be, well, who knows? <laughs> so continuing with this, this article, um, you know, this article actually states that abusive behavior towards officials and by fans and coaches has been the biggest challenge through the years in recruiting young or new officials. Hmm. Um, there are some statistics here that, that go on to talk about this. Um, for example... Uh, every year in the state of Minnesota, about 1,700 new referees need to be trained to replace officials who leave because of obnoxious fans. 1,700. 1,700. Wow. Okay. Um, they lose, the so- youth soccer loses more than half its youth referees from year to year in Minnesota. Hmm. How ridiculous is that? Because of? Because of obnoxious fans berating and abusing officials. Says here, many fans and coaches feel it's their right for various reasons to bark at younger, newer officials, especially at the lower levels. In turn, those officials are often unsure of how to handle those fans or how to go about dealing with them, so they don't do anything while doing their best to ignore the abuse. Within a short time, the younger or newer officials quit because of that abuse, while the abusive fans only encourage others to act the same way. Oh, man. That's embarrassing. It really is. It really is. It's these are kids, yeah. right? I mean, it's kids. Here's here's the part that says, uh, "Let's oh. see." Uh, what sort of things should officials point out uh, to game management? Obscene words or drawings on placards or signs displayed by fans? Chants, cheers, or taunts that embarrass, ridicule, or demean participants, particularly those aimed at an official, player, or coach's race, religion, appearance, weight, height, physical characteristic, or nationality, etc. Which is important because in New Jersey, we're required to read a sportsmanship statement that says we don't, we don't stand for that. Mm-hmm. And and that's their warning, right? So an additional thing is they t- they go on to talk about, um, you know, if things are thrown onto the field. You know, you have to stop that. Um, you know, it's just it's just ridiculous that we have, you know, the ability to or the the need to to ask officials to go above and beyond the duties of officiating in order to maintain composure and and dignity when other people get ridiculous right you know um you know i don't know what else to say other than you know say you know as we all just kind of share stories and brood about it Hmm. i mean the only good thing that i will mention is that we osip is proud to announce that we have started uh, a support group for officials which meets the third wednesday of each month in uh in hopewell borough so if you're local and you'd like to get involved uh, please do so. Go to our website, osipfoundation.org, and you can click on the Officials Anonymous link and sign up to, to join us. And the sign-up is only to uh, make sure that we have contact info, so if we need to cancel, we know how to get you, and so that we know who's coming, so that we know how many refreshments to order. Great. You know, you know let's face it. We don't want to have like a shortage of like coffee and donuts. Right. And then you know, be like, there's 100 people here. We have coffee and donuts for 10. Well, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's great. Yeah. It's just, it's sad that we have to have this, but it's good that we have it. You know what I mean? You've received a positive response. We've we've begun to get a positive response with this. So 
uh, we encourage all additional officials to, to get involved, even if you don't think you need it. I think it's a good, good thing to come and, and, and get involved because it just gets people to open up a little bit. You might just need a shoulder to cry on. Camaraderie. So exactly. You know, you know we all, we're all in this thing together. You know, and and maybe you don't need the help, but maybe you, you can offer it to someone exactly. Else. You could become the inspiration to someone else. Right. So that's why I encourage officials to 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 join this because you might not have something that you want to talk about, but you might have what another official needs. So, yeah. I you know I, I I hope that we continue to gain some support with that. Yeah. Uh, I think we've uh, we touched on a lot of good stuff today. I think so. You know, we we um. We got a lot of good stuff happening in the world of sportsmanship and uh, mm -hmm. unfortunately some bad stuff that we mentioned, but it is what it is. You take the good with the bad. Exactly. And um, yeah, I mean, we just we just hope that uh, more and more people realize that uh, officials are human too. Right. There's no reason to get belligerent. There's yeah. no reason to get ejected. There's, you know, this is just supposed to be fun. Right. You know, so uh, that about wraps this one up. And uh, my thanks to Sean for being here and for doing his job ever so diligently as he always does. I did a better job this time than last time. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Everything has happened according to my plan. Uh, so make sure you, uh, you know, continue to check us out on iTunes and Podbean. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review and some stars. It helps uh, other people find us. Um, make sure you get in touch with the show. We want to hear from you. Podcast at OSIPFoundation.org, Facebook.com slash OSIPFoundation, and Twitter at OSIPFoundation, hashtag how you play the game. So uh, thanks to Sean, and uh, we'll see you all in a couple of weeks. And until then, make sure that uh, you treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org dot org.